Welcome, welcome, welcome into a Wednesday edition of Caleb and Kenny in the morning here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Halloween is coming gone. It is now November 1st. Calendar flip day. If you uh, participate in that. It's uh, do you, time do to you put even up the have Christmas a, decorations. A, no, no, it's not. <laughs> do you even have a like actual like paper calendar anywhere? No, no. Okay. I think I have one in my office just like to have just to make you know it sits there it's not like i write on it or do anything with yeah, it just it's just there it's there There's it's there with the it. idea of oh it's kind of nice to have a paper calendar it? um only when i flip it to the next <laughs> month and you're like oh the eighth is on a tuesday this year huh i mean at home in the office there's like a whiteboard that i also update the calendar with like stuff we have going on but i also never look at it but that's because i already know what's going on it's more for my I, wife to know. I don't know anything that's going on. <laughs> we just have a shared calendar in our phones. But I bought, like, late last year. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy, like, an organizer. You know, you just carry it around. You can write yeah, everything you've in there. you never used it, right? Nope, never used it. <laughs> I, I, f- I found it on my desk at work yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when I bought this thing. Still sitting there. 46862 is how you reach us on the text line. 46862. Just type in CK first in your question or comment. Uh, coming up on the show today, we'll get to headlines. We got World Series, NFL trade deadline, an NFL coach fired, college football playoff rankings, and more. Um, we'll talk the IHSAA state finals moving to streaming only. Interesting move by the IHSAA. Also, Connor Stallions. More details coming out, and I'm starting to wonder what's really going on in this situation because I think it's one of two things, as crazy as they may be. What if he went rogue? We'll get to that. Plus, uh, St. Francis football, struggling the last few years. Uh, someone texted us the other day, you know, uh, you know, why have they struggled? Well, we'll kind of dive into uh, the program and, and what's happened the last few years since they last had success, making the playoffs in 2018 and 2019 and none since. Uh, also in hour number two, excited to have IHSA Commissioner Paul Neidig on to discuss that streaming move. He'll join us after the top of the 8 o'clock hour. The Bears, what to do at quarterback for 2024. Justin Fields out again this week. Uh, Tyson Bagent has stepped in and played decent for a backup, getting starts. But what about 2024? Remember, they have those two first-round picks early on. They traded away a piece yesterday. We'll debate that. Also, the Colts offensive coordinator said the team will have its oddball quarters, but Jonathan Taylor's still a huge part of it. Well, why did you not do that on Sunday then? And before we leave, Justin, uh, it's getting harder to find bear stories, but I found one. All right. Part of a uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway was closed after an incident between humans and bears. Ah. We'll get to that Blue about Ridge 8.50. Over a part of the Appalachians? Yes. So we'll get to that as we wrap Pretty soon, up. we're going to go a good several months without any bear stories. They're all going to be sleeping. Yeah. we got to enjoy uh, hopefully, it now. Hopefully they're sleeping, because if they're not sleeping, there's a problem. There's, they're in trouble. Again, 46862 is the text line. Don't forget, you can also stream us, 1380thefan.com, on the free 1380thefan app or your smart speaker. You have a good Halloween? Uh, yeah, it was low-key. Noah went out to uh, trick-or-treat, so took him to and from his friend's house, and they went gallivanting around, and then they spent time uh, at uh, at his friend's house. His friend's parents always have like a little 
Halloween get together. So there were people over there and uh, Morrison's been, he was cranky yesterday. He got up before I did before six Ugh. and only took maybe like a 20 minute nap. And Tuesdays are my days at home. Oh, it was brutal yesterday. And then finally we gave him medicine last night. I think he was right, running a little bit of a fever. I, I think he's going to eventually need tubes in his ears because he has fluid in his ears and sometimes it gets infected and I think it's going to have more. I, I, he's going back to the doctor today. I think he may have another ear infection, but it was um, it was good. Low key, didn't give out any candy, but I know you guys did. You guys yeah. gave out a hell of a amount of candy. Yeah, we had uh, 290 pieces of candy and we had 135 kids and every kid got you know two pieces and then we had a, we had some left over. For ourselves that you guys split. not a lot now what'd you give out uh so it was like two giant bags one was like nerds sweet tarts those trolley gummy worms they are the mini ones okay Kid, like those were gone almost instantly really? but we sampled them before yeah you know quality control oh sure they were disappointing really? so uh sorry kids you'll be disappointed <laughs> i lose um, the gummy worms uh laffy taffy i think that was it for one bag and then the other bag was like the mini Snickers, oh, nice. Milky Way. Um, I'm sure they're, oh, peanut butter, or not peanut butter, peanut M&Ms, regular M&Ms. There may have been one other item, but nice. that was all that was So you had a left. chocolate mix, yes. and you had kind of like a fruit mix. Yes. A little bit of everything at the Hatch household last night. Yeah, and it was cold. It, it, did you guys sit on the porch yeah. the whole time? Yeah. Well, what did it go, two hours in Fort Wayne? Two hours. Okay. 5.30 to 7.30, but... We went inside about seven fifteen because no one else came after. Yeah, man, that's uh, it was it was frigid. Did you guys get snowed on? Uh yeah, for a bit. It was like yeah. really bad for a bit. But it was yeah. fun. Yeah, so it's one of the everybody's. Like, oh my gosh, how is it, how is it snow? It's like it's it's late October. It's early November. Sometimes we it usually snows. get flurries every yeah, October. Like, this is normal. I don't know why people are so amazed. It's like, uh, okay, this happens sometimes. Forewarning: Come March, it will also snow. Yes. it snows every March. Also in April, it will also snow. I, I it pretty much snows every April. I don't think it snowed this April. It was unseasonably warm. Yeah, it was. I just it, I'm always amazed at people. Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe it snowed. Like, have you lived here longer than a year? Like, this is what happens. Sometimes it's 65 degrees on Halloween. Other times it's 30 degrees in flurries, which is what we had last night. Let's get to headlines last night, and it was a blowout early in the World Series as the Texas Rangers had five runs in the second, five runs in the, th- in the third. Now Arizona rallied back a little, but Texas cruised to an 11-7 to win. They lead the World Series three games to one. Just a, a dominant performance uh, and two home runs in this game uh, for... Travis Jankowski, former tin cap, by the way, as mm. Mike Nutter pointed out uh, on social media last night. But he had two home runs in this one. I mean, it was just, this was over so quickly that yeah, you're, you're was, starting to wonder, can Arizona even do any damage the rest of the series? Yeah, it's now 3-1 in favor of the Texas Rangers. Andrew Salfrank got into the game, second straight game. He got in, the Fort Wayne native. Texas scored its first 10 runs with two outs. It's just um, amazing what the Rangers have done. They're 10 and 0 on the road. This playoffs, they scored their first 10 runs last night with two outs and they are one win away from their first title in the 63 season history 
of a franchise that started as the Washington Senators in 1961. Yet Washington Senators never won a World Series. Texas Rangers haven't either. They're a game away from doing it. And you mentioned 10 straight road wins. That's the longest streak in MLB postseason history. Also the longest road streak for the Rangers in franchise history. You imagine winning 10 straight road games in any at sport? Any point, yeah, at any point in any sport. Now, 42 of 49 teams have, that have taken 3-1 leads have gone on to win the World Series. Can you name for me the last team to come back from a 3-1 deficit to win the World Series? In the World Series? Yes. Oof. It's, it's recently, and you'll... Oh, the Cubs? The Chicago Cubs in 2016. <laughs> yeah. yes. Of course. So we'll see what Arizona can do if they can repeat that feat. But man, the way Texas is playing right now, it'll be very difficult to do. Yeah, I, I, I don't think uh, Arizona's going to be able to to find a way to come back on this one. I'd, I'd be very surprised. Uh, game five coming up tonight. First pitch just after eight o'clock on Fox in the NFL. A busy day yesterday for the trade deadline and busy overnight. We'll start with that. Raiders have fired head coach Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler. I think we're all thinking, what took you so long on this? Uh, Just seems kind of obvious with how bad the Raiders have been since he has been uh, the leader of that franchise. Just very middling at best. They're three and five this year. Um, Really, they were much worse last year. Jimmy Garoppolo has not really worked out to this point, Um, and they have a lot of issues. Devontae Adams is a great player, but and they have a lot of good offensive, like they have some skill guys. They got Josh Jacobs, right? Yeah, but there are just so many issues with this team. Now, I, I came across this stat. This is mind-blowing. Josh McDaniels as an NFL head coach went 3-0 against Bill Belichick. Again, who <laughs> long time, he's a long-time coordinator for Belichick. 0-1 against Jeff Saturday. <laughs> Pretty wild. And you said prior to the show, well, you probably should have been fired after you lost to Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Last year. But the Raiders offense is just terrible. It has yet to score 20 points this season. For, for the record, the Colts have scored at least 20 points in every single game this season. Only team in the NFL to do that. Amazing. <laughs> The Raiders haven't hit the 20-point mark through eight games. That's the longest drought by an NFL team to start a season since 2009. The team is dead last in rushing yards per game, despite the fact that they have Josh Jacobs. They're 29th overall in points per game. They're ranked 30th in the league in third down conversions. You can continue to go, go, go. They have embarrassing losses. The blowout loss to the Bears with Tyson Bajant getting his first start. Um, You mentioned the Jeff Saturday loss. And last year, and now you hand the reins over to Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach, who's just in his second season as an NFL assistant after spending four years at Arizona State. So, I mean, played for nine, ten years in the NFL. Yeah, I didn't even realize he wasn't still on ESPN. Yeah, uh, he's now the head coach for the Vegas Raiders. And who knows what they'll do at GM as well. But. For those wondering who is going to be the first to be fired in the NFL this season, we have our answer. It's Josh McDaniels. Remember the moving to Vegas and, you know, you had Derek Carr and they acquired Devontae Adams and everyone thought last year, oh, this is going to be the the year. It's like a trendy, it, trendy pick. Maybe not, not Super Bowl, but, you know, make playoff, the playoffs and, right. and do some damage. That did not happen. No. Now, if you're Josh McDaniels, of course, we already know what's going to happen. He's going to go back 
to New England and be the offensive coordinator or, and, a, or and an assistant there and have success. Be amazing, and then somebody will hire him for a third time, which would be a mistake. But you mentioned it weird that they tri- that they fired him uh, during the trade deadline day, or at least overnight. And there's a report on CBS Sports that perhaps there was some butting of heads yesterday within the Raiders brain trust on what to do at the trade deadline between McDaniels and the GM who was also fired Dave Ziegler and the ownership and wondering if that was the final straw yesterday is just not being able to align on what the team should do on trade deadline day. Meanwhile, speaking of trade deadline day, some big trades going down in the NFL will highlight a few of them. Chase young to San Francisco the defensive end moving from Washington. The Commanders get in return a 2024 third round pick. Can you imagine only giving up a third rounder for Chase, for young? Chase young? I mean, the only knock on Chase Young is the fact that he's struggled to stay healthy. Yeah. But he's still reasonably young in his career that that can even out. But he played 15 games in his first season, in his rookie year, and then only played nine in 2021 three in 2022, but has been healthy this year. And to only have to give a third, a third round pickup for a guy that was what second overall in the draft and has been productive when he's been in there is tremendous. And now the 49ers, they have Nick Bosa, they have Randy Gregory, they have Chase Young. They have as fierce of a defensive front as you're going to see in the entire NFL. And now they just need uh, Brock Purdy to return to form. Which is a big if. Yeah, that's that's a very big if. The Niners have lost three in a row. Uh, obviously, some some concern in San Francisco after they looked like one of the two Super Bowl favorites along with the Chiefs uh, early on in the season. Uh, the Vikings make a move to bolster quarterback after Kirk Cousins out for the season with an injury. Uh, they have added Joshua Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals as the likely backup for Rookie Jaron Hall, who's been named their starter for at least this week. Uh, the Vikings acquired Dobbs. They also get a conditional seventh-round pick in the 24 draft for a 2024 sixth-round pick. I think Josh Dobbs will come up to speed pretty quickly with Minnesota. Is he the guy that's going to be able to step in and take Minnesota to the playoffs? No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, this dude was on the Browns practice squad. Um, last year when Tennessee picked him up to start the game, start some games. So uh, I have a hard time looking at him as being the a guy that can meet Kirk Cousins' expectations. And one other trade we want to highlight: the Bears making move, trading a second round pick to the Commanders for Montez Sweat. So the Commanders selling off their defensive line uh, yeah, yesterday, are. but the Bears obviously getting uh, a good edge rusher. In this move, obviously not getting Chase Young, not to that level, but uh, the Bears trying to improve their pass rush. Uh, They've replaced three of their four starters along the defensive line ahead of the 2023 season. And free agency also got a couple picks, uh, draft picks on that. So they're still having NFLO 10 sacks this season, 46 pressures. That's 30th. So they're trying to improve the pass rush, and hopefully that will be the solution for the Bears. We've talked about it with the Colts and that young secondary and how important it is to get pressure up front. The Bears are in a, are unable to get pressure, and they have a really talented secondary, too, talented and young. But when you're left 
on an island for four, five, six, seven seconds, you're not going to be able to stay with guys. And the Bears made an upgrade with Montez Sweat. Chase Young would have been a better better play, but they weren't able to get him. Montez Sweat a little bit older, but has been able to produce this year. So there were some questions on on A, the contract. I mean, Montez Sweat's going to get a contract extension for the Bears. That's going to be obvious. And then two, basically... I read to somebody, what are the Bears doing trying to get better when they have two of the top three picks in the NFL draft right now? It's like, well, eventually you have to start adding pieces to a team that's just terrible, right? So if you can get a Monta Sweat and he turns out that he can get to the ed- get around the edge and, and, and create pressure, then maybe that's somebody you don't have to take at the top of the draft and you can, you can provide other needs. So I, I think for the Bears, it was a necessary trade. Hopefully, it turns out that better than the last time they trade a second round pick for a player. That was Chase Claypool. But we'll see what happens in Chicago. He can do nothing but help an, a defensive line that's just absolutely terrible. And finally, the first college football playoff rankings came out Ohio State number one, Georgia number two, Michigan number three, Florida State fourth. That's your top four. Then Washington fifth, Oregon sixth, Texas seventh, Alabama eighth, Oklahoma ninth. And Ole Miss 10th, a couple other notables, Penn State 11th, Louisville 13th, Notre Dame 15th in the rankings. If you look at the top four last night, Caleb, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, which of those four is least likely to make the college football playoff in your mind? Um, I'm going to say Ohio State, actually. Okay, we are at number one. If there's a team outside of the top four most likely to be in the playoff, who would it be? Uh, I would go with Oregon. Okay. Oregon over Washington then. Yes. I think Washington loses to USC this weekend. You told me that earlier this week. Mm -hmm. I I don't hate the pick at this point. But even if they lose, doesn't necessarily take them out of the college football race yet. But you're going Oregon. No, I think Oregon will beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game in in a rematch. That's, That's what I think will happen. It's been a very fun year for the Pac-12 in college football. Unfortunately, it's the swan song. Yeah, and I think we thought for a while that, oh, you know, Pac-12 is the, the best conference. And they're really good, but we're starting to see, you know, USC's not turned out. Oregon State had a upset loss on the road. We're starting to see things kind of settle back to, to normal there. Right. Utah has a couple losses. Mm-hmm. Utah's already out of it, which is, I think, a, a bit of a surprise UCLA has been stronger, which is a surprise, but they already have two losses. So really it comes down to those two teams. And I think only one of them makes it. I'd yeah. be very surprised if both make it. I would agree. I, I, I think right now you could say the league most likely to get two is the big 10. Yeah. If the only two that matter, if Ohio state can, you know, here's the problem though. Like, you don't make your conference championship game. Say they lose to Michigan. Uh, whoever loses that game is out of the conference championship game. Right. So I, I feel like that makes it a lot harder. But you we've would, seen them get in before right. without it. Yeah, that's the thing. You've seen it before. Make it. It's just all about how that game goes. Yes. How close it is. Well, and, and that's that's why like Ohio State has... They have some good wins. You beat Notre Dame. It's a good win. You beat Penn State, which is... a Solid win, uh, but obviously their their toughest game has not yet been played, and that will really determine how they're perceived for the season. 
yeah, we'll see how that goes once they meet the annual rivalry. What about you? Top four team least likely to make it? Least likely to make it? I will say Florida State. Okay, you think they lose a game and then I think they eliminated. lose a game at some point. Um, they've gotten by. They've escaped. I just don't know. I think Florida State's really good, but when you look at historically, they haven't been able to, to, to break through, and part of me thinks that they're unable to break through this year. And then outside the top four, most likely to make it? Uh, Alabama. Just Interesting. Because, just, just because, because they're Alabama. Uh, I mean, just because everybody counted them out. I mean, you looked at it, it would be so Alabama to just win out and be back in the playoff. Big game. They're hosting LSU coming up on Saturday night uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium. That will be one to watch over the weekend. 46862. Again, the text line number 46862. Uh, back here in state, a big move announced by the IHSAA yesterday. They're moving state finals games to streaming only. All state finals games starting with volleyball this weekend will move to streaming. So that's volleyball, football later this month, boys and girls basketball uh, will all be on IHSAATV.org. $15 per game, or I, I have a typo here on the sheet. I put 200 It's $20 for an all-access pass. A, a relatively fair price. Uh, they cited the bankruptcy of, of Bally Sports as the reason uh, to move to streaming and put games behind a paywall uh, completely for the first time. Interesting of, move. There's uh, a lot to dissect here. A lot of, well, a lot of negativity on, on social media. Yes. And you and I were going back and forth, too, about this yesterday. And... I understand the Bally issue. I think right. I think it's great yes. that they're f- moving away off that sinking ship. Now, you have to remember last year that, th- that they moved to the payment model to stream games. Last year, I believe, was the first year you had to pay to stream games. Before, you could stream for free. Right. And I, I was able to do that in years past. Like, if there was a, a local team here or my high school, Westfield, has played in a couple state championships in the last decade, um... I was able to stream those games up until last year. Right. Um, so many different things about this is I understand the Bally thing. And I know some people will say, well, just put it on local television. That's not easy either. I want to talk to Paul Neidig in the second hour about this is you need people, you need affiliates, you need channels that want to put the IHSAA on. Let's look at football state championship for example, happened on Friday and Saturday. Okay? Three and three. Now look locally. If you say, well, put it on a local station. Well, Wayne is going to have football. Yeah, okay? they have the Iron Bowl usually on that on Friday, Friday. And then Saturday, of course. So now ABC is going to have football too. And then you... And NBC then has football. NBC has football all of a sudden. Fox has football. So where are you putting it? Locally. or CW has so, football. Yeah, now CW has well. So there's nowhere you, you can put it. And I think really if there were affiliates out there that wanted to broadcast the state finals, then they would be doing it. But I think this move by the IHSAA, there's just no players that want to do it. So many people will say, well, I want to watch and all that stuff. Well, yeah, but there's just not enough of you. There's not, there's, there's only, you just want to watch Dwanger or Lures or Adam Central and then turn it off and maybe have it on in the background, I guess on a Friday or Saturday when you're having a family get together or somebody, but who, who, how many people really sit down and watch all four 
basketball state championship games or all six state finals games in football. Not very many. I will say this. The price points to me seem very fair. I think so. $20 for six games. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking, what, three thirty three a game? Uh, or if you want to buy one game, which why would you buy one if you can spend $5 more and get all of them? Like, I don't think the price point's the issue here. Uh, normally, when we talk about streaming and anything remotely connected to Valley Sports, it's the price point that's right. the issue. I think the price point's fair. I think with this, it's more of a bigger question like you're talking about. Was there anyone on linear TV that was willing or or in negotiations to air these games because they haven't been aired on on over the air TV in a decade. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Now I think if there was a, a, a station, you know, around the state that wanted to to do that, right. the IHSAA would would move things around and make it work and the other thing is you know, negotiations, you know, costs to air and, and all that and selling commercial spots and production costs, crew, all of like there are a lot of costs that go into running just one TV yeah. broadcast, let alone six and having three uh, per day ac- across two days. My thing, too, is people will say, well, there's plenty of advertising out there for affiliates to get. I don't know. Is there? Let's say let's say Adam Central is the lone team in Fort Wayne area that get down to the state championship game like nobody hardly anybody in Fort Wayne and Allen County care about what Adam Central does so you're telling me businesses in Monroe Indiana are going to carry uh are going to front the money enough money to make it profitable for an affiliate in Fort Wayne to put that game on oh and the other thing is and you can't really prepare for a, it either because you don't know who's going to win yes yeah, with exactly. less than a week lead time it's really hard now I will say this for radio, it's a lot easier to just reach out to businesses and do, you know, $25 to get a mention, $50 you get two or a hundred dollars, you get five, whatever, right? That's easy to do. It's a lot harder to do for TV to work that in. And I think that's maybe part of it because yeah, in theory, it sounds good that the local community is participating businesses there will want to buy ads. That sounds good. But the execution of it, I think, is much more difficult than people realize. Yeah, Ryan Eaton chiming in saying WHME, I think it is, up in South Bend, had the games for a, for a while on TV. Yeah, I mean, there were some of some stations around the state that would, but there's just profitability-wise, it's not there. And I, 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 even me, yesterday was initial outrage. Then you just start thinking about it. It's like, where's the money? And the fact that people overlook the the, the fact that in the sectional and regional round, like last Friday, if you went to IHSAATV.org. It was free. There was free, and there was 95 games just listed. Like, you could watch any of those 90-some games. And that's incredible. This week, you'll be able to watch probably 30 or 40 of them, sectional championship games across the state for free. So eventually, the IHSAA has to make money. It's something. Well, and they it's, start making money in the regional and semi-state right. with Well, even charging... Well, and even charging affiliate or or uh, radio stations and stuff to do the games. Oh yeah, they they charge radio stations streamers money to do these games all across the postseason. So they're making money on that. They're making money off every ticket sold. I don't know how much. Yeah, not too many. But you're looking at at the I just to play. Okay, it's a non for profit that takes no that has no public money. Is not funded by any state, local, 
uh, municipal, any local, any tax. They they get no financing from the state. Nothing. It's all funded by themselves. So they got to make money somewhere. Yeah. No, I I, I, mean, don't, I don't disagree. This this ultimately comes down to because. It, like you said, it's easy to be outraged initially, but then you think about it, it's like, well, where would they go? It's almost felt inevitable. Right. Now, and a lot of people say, well, I want to watch. And it's like, well, the people who want to watch are generally already at yeah. the game they want to watch. Right. And then beyond that, I mean, if an area team makes it here, we'll have this state finals game on the radio for you to listen to. Like, we'll have coverage, and it's free to listen to. If you don't want to pay the money... Yeah, um, listen on the radio. Listen on the radio. And the people, well, I'll remember when Hilliard Gates was doing state cha- or sectional <laughs> games and, and those were on television and all that stuff. It's just like... It was 30 was, years ago. It was, yeah, it, was, it was a different time, people. And there, the if you have any problems, have a problem with the affiliates. Have the, with local stations going, why aren't you paying to do this? I'll tell you why, because there's no money in it. And and that's really the thing, is, is people have this... this this idea that it's the IHSAA's fault and all they should do this for the good of the kids and all that stuff. Like they are a business. Okay. They need well, to make they're money. a nonprofit They're Well, a non-for-profit, but they're a business. I mean, they got to make money even to be a non-for-profit. They're not taking any public money. So you have to have money. You have to have income come in and people say, well, what do they need it. Well, you got to pay your employees, you got to pay for these events. You got to pay to rent out the Lucas Oil Stadium. All this stuff uh, isn't that doesn't that along with Gamebridge Fieldhouse and and having the 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 basketball uh, state finals games? Like, I'm curious how those deals are. Right, I, I know the Pacers and the Colts and the Fever are big contributors. Um, I don't know if they're getting it for free though. They're probably getting a, a decent rate, but I'm sure they're paying something. Yeah, I, I I just wonder, you know, how much, you know, the IHSA is having to pay to rent those facilities, I guess is what it comes down to for me. A great question for Paul Nidick in the second hour. Yeah. We could ask him. You're you're not wrong. There There's just a lot to unpack with this, and I don't have the answer here. On one hand, I hate that it's no longer very accessible. To be fair, it wasn't very accessible before with the games being on Bally Sports the last decade. But... At least this is easy. If you want to watch, you can watch. I just wonder, is this something where they've jumped the gun, where you put it behind the paywall and there's just no interest and you won't get as many people to watch? Or, because think about this, a lot of the people who want to watch, for the most part, will be at the game. And here's the thing, is you may have less people watching, but they make more money off it by people having to pay for the stream. Yeah. Uh, question, uh, this on uh, the, the text line 46862, what about those people that would like to watch but have no idea on how to stream? Well, well that that is that is the the one thing that I'm concerned about in all of this. But here's the problem: Valley Sports was only available on what certain cable certain, outlets. So the majority of people couldn't watch anyway. Do you have Valley on YouTube TV? No, I don't on Hulu TV. I haven't been I able think to Xfinity watch Infinity does Valley Sports since like October of 2020. So the majority of people can't even watch anyway when it was on Valley Sports. Mm-hmm. And if you have a problem. That it's only on stream, your problem shouldn't be with the IHSAA. Your problem should should be your local stations and bother them. Because I I can tell you, if there were thousands upon thousands of people that were pestering Wayne or WFFT or whatever about this, 
then maybe they would say, well, maybe on one of our alternate stations and all that stuff with um, on antenna, maybe they would put them on. But there's no money in it. There's not enough people watching to justify them being on regular television. The regional sports networks have dried up, and that outlet is essentially all but gone. It's what emerges after that, whether everything moves to streaming or gets picked up on over-the-air television, and the IHSAA has opted for the streaming route for now. I, I imagine if Chuck Surak with, with Sweetwater, for example, called up one of the local affiliates and said, hey, what do you need money-wise to make a profit to broadcast the state finals games? And they would do it in some way. But contractually, they're obligated to show all those college football games on Friday and Saturday, right? It would have to be an alternate station or whatever. I, I don't know what it would, have, Plus would be. Plus NFL games on, there's an NFL game on, on Friday, Friday, right? Yeah, on yeah. Black Friday. So all that stuff that makes more money, but that has that's, more viewers. That's on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. Is it just an Amazon I, exclusive? I believe so. But all this programming check. that's going to be on that brings in more viewers and more revenue than high school athletics. It's just, it's the way it is. And I know there's there's outrage all over social media yesterday, but it's just like when you break it down, what other option do you have realistically? Well, and if in Indianapolis, for example, if they went to Wish TV and their stations, which they're independently owned, like locally owned, um, and if they said no, then they didn't really have any other options. Yeah, where else? In the would Indianapolis you market, and then you know you go with other of those. Like basically, their their best hope is going with. CW affiliates because back in the day in India it used to be on channel four, which was, I believe the WB or whatever. And then obviously it's changed names over the years, but that was like the, the option. And if that wasn't the option there, then that means they probably don't have an option around the state as well. We'll ask Paul Neidig all these questions coming up in about 25 minutes or so heading into the second hour. Four, six, eight, six, two, your text line number four, six, eight, six, two coming up on the other side. What if Connor Stallions, the guy behind the Michigan scandal, well, at least allegedly, what if he went rogue? That's next. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. A little bit of Outcast. Yes, sir. Outcast doesn't get held down by a little snow last night. I'll tell you what. No. Well, I mean, they're from the ATL. Can you? I mean, we all know how that city that handles snow. That is true. Snow. That is true. <laughs> Maybe they'd be freaking out. But people, you live in Indiana. It snowed yesterday. It's not that insane. Okay. It's not. You felt like, oh my gosh, it's snowing on Halloween. This is crazy. It's done it before. It'll do it again. Yes. Just, uh, it, it, will, it will continue uh, to snow for the next. Five months. I just don't get the natives of Indiana being so shocked at whatever it does outside. Like this weekend, it's supposed to be 60. That should surprise nobody. Last night, it snowed. That surprised no, surprise nobody. It's Indiana. Expect the unexpected. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if that applies to this situation, but the Connor Stallions Michigan scandal like continues to get more and more weird turns. So the latest news that came out yesterday is that Central Michigan is investigating photos of a man standing on the sideline for their September 1st season opener against Michigan State, a person wearing sunglasses and a hat that looked like Stallions in photos. Uh, also, a former Division Three football player and coach says he was paid by Connor Stallions to attend games. 
So the just the weird twists and turns in all of this continue to to be surprising. I the longer this goes on, the more I think something more nefarious is at foot and not coming from Michigan or Harbaugh, but either one individual and that just being Connor Stallions himself or that he's acting on behalf of someone, perhaps that disgruntled Michigan booster, Jim Stapleton. Like, yeah. Am I crazy for thinking that it just seems like you and I, this is not some the same coordinated yesterday coordinated thing by Harbaugh and the Michigan staff that it's more either one of those two things. Connor Stallings just going rogue and acting on his own. I mean, we already know about his like 600 page football manifesto thing. He's working on, which is on. bizarre. Yeah. This is the thing with, with, and you and I reached kind of this, this same thought trading text yesterday is you cannot convince me that Michigan told this dude, Hey, we want you to go to central Michigan, Michigan state game, pretend you're a central Michigan staffer, wear central Michigan garb and sunglasses and sunglasses. Like you're trying to be inconspicuous and grow a goatee and just do what? And so you can scout Michigan state. I, I have a hard time believing. I also have a hard time believing it's somebody at Michigan in authority that said, "Hey, we go want you to go write a 600-page manifesto on what Purdue, on what Michigan has to do to achieve college football success." And that manifesto, I think, it includes some plan of using Navy football players to run some like system. Like it's all so weird. Hey, it's just 600 pages on anything is overkill, right? I mean. The war, 600 pages of the Warren Commission was overkill, okay? You don't need 600 pages to describe anything, let alone college football. It just seems like this dude had one job, and maybe his job was to indiscreetly go to games and watch, and, 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 and that's against the rules. I get it. But he went so far and above what they asked, what for. They asked for. It's just absurd. You cannot convince me that anybody at Michigan told this dude, and that's him. That's him on the sidelines of Central Michigan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, it's him. Like, no, you cannot convince me that somebody told him to do that. It's just so bizarre. Well, here's the thing. Wearing a hat and sunglasses during a night game, holding a possible play sheet, could you look more suspicious? Right. And what's funny is he was standing next to one of the people he was standing next to in a photo was the Central Michigan Director of Recruiting for most of the game. And he was shown uh, by FS1 cameras several times during the game broadcast, appeared to shield his face anytime a play ended near where he was standing. <laughs> he also wasn't even supposed to be on that sideline because you, like, with credentials, apparently you get, like, up to, to 50 uh, people who can be on the sideline, and, and those credentials are numbered 1 through 50. Yeah. So this whole thing, it just... The more we find out, the more I have my doubts, and I get it. If you're a, a fan of you're any a Big Ten hater, school, yeah, you're like you're like, oh, this is Harbaugh, you know, it's calculate. Like, the more this goes on, no matter what, I'm I'm convinced of of pretty much two things: that he either had someone paying him outside of his regular salary to do what he's doing and to go above and beyond, or he went rogue. To, to to make this happen on his own because he wanted to just again anyone who has some sort of weird manifesto they're also probably going to do something like this 
<laughs> yeah, it's just it weird. Well, what's what's most bizarre to me is somehow he got a hold of the apparel. Like it's not just random. It's not a random shirt. It's it's we we know how it, how it is. Is they all match. Oh yeah, he has a gray Adidas Central Michigan shirt on, like the rest of the coaching staff. So how the hell did he get the shirt? How did he know to wear that shirt? I, I it's it's so so bizarre, so bizarre. But that's him, and it just so so weird. I like guess dude just we all know that overeager, energetic guy that. That it just wants to go above and beyond, and you give him one thing to do, and he wants to do twenty, and you're just like, dude, just calm down, yes. calm down, just just do what I told you to do. This is the guy that that is that kid that is what have just so over eager and wants to prove everybody what he can do and all that stuff, and he's just had one job, whether it was legal or not, one job, and he created this little mini empire of doing what he's doing. It's just astounding. So you go back to the timeline. So graduate the U.S. Naval Academy, 2017. Uh, he's he's from Michigan. Uh, first began with UM as a volunteer assistant coach in 2015. In 2022, hired into the recruiting de- department as an administrative assistant, fifty-five thousand dollar annual salary. That's crazy Man, money for an, for administrative, an administrative assistant. assistant. Well, it is college football. Yeah, they have a lot of money to throw around in college football. Um. And, and and again, there's been no proof or evidence so far is connected Jim Harbaugh to Stallions or this whole plan in any way. Harbaugh's denied any knowledge. And, you know, whether that's true or not, it, it seems to me that Stallions went above and beyond either what he was asked for or just did this on his own because it's just, it's too bizarre to be this coordinated, in my opinion. It. It definitely is. It's so, so weird. Uh, text coming in. It's a witch hunt to get rid of Harbaugh. This is absurd. Stallions is shady and Stapleton's holding a grudge. Right? Well, that that's, I mean, that's my other avenue. Either Stallions went rogue on himself or Stapleton is paying Stallions to do this. I just I have no idea what's going on here. But for him to be on the sidelines, Central Michigan, and, and the fact that he has the shirt on that all the other coaches have on uh, I, I i don't know i, I uh, whatever the truth is is as far-fetched as possible whether central michigan was like we know who you are but here's a shirt or it was somehow got a shirt i don't know but whatever the absolute truth is is going to be mind-boggling regardless because this is so crazy meanwhile there's a report that the jim harbaugh contract extension is moving forward suddenly and moving forward quickly so yeah, I we'll just, see. I don't think this is costing him his job. I, I, if anything, it would maybe. I still hold firm to the fact that this wouldn't necessarily drive Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL, but not having success this season would. If this team somehow falls apart, doesn't make the college football playoff, or gets in and doesn't win a game, that would have more impact on Jim Harbaugh yeah. leaving than all this. Uh, someone texting in. Uh, maybe Central Michigan has someone getting paid off to allow access. I I don't know. I mean that that's what I'm saying. Like what? However this turns out, whatever reality is, is just insane. Like how deep? This is the thing. Like it's talking about any conspiracy. Like how deep does this go? Yeah, you, you right. We're on the the very beginning of the rabbit hole. That's a few feet. That's a below. few feet below, and we got to dig some <laughs> to get there. But if we've dug this far. 
We never thought we would see a picture of stallions on the sidelines at Central Michigan with sunglasses and a hat on, trying to look, uh, trying to look all like inconspicuous. Someone else saying it Central Michigan has a staffer that looks like stallions. It's on the the website. I don't know. I don't know. There's just a, a lot to to look into in all this, and I'm just I. The more that comes out and the more like coordinated this whole thing is, I, I have my doubts that Michigan had things coordinated to this level. Yeah. If but, if indeed it was Michigan, you know, and the team staff behind it and not again, Connor Stallions just going rogue. Here's which the, would not shock me here, at all. Here's the problem. If it's not necessarily Stallions, yet the athletic director for Central Michigan comes out yesterday and says we're we're investigating, saying we're in the process of determining the facts surrounding them, talking about the um, access given to whoever this is. So not even Central Michigan has come back and say, hey, this is such and such. He's on staff. Like they haven't even done that yet. Maybe they do today. But the athletic director's like, mm, we're going to have to try to figure out who that is. If he was a staffer, you would think they would immediately come out and say, that's who it is. But they haven't. 46862, your text line number 46862. Let us know your thoughts on this wild story that seems to get more wild almost every single day. Coming up on the other side, St. Francis football. They've struggled the last few years. We'll take a look as to why. That's next. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Hour number two, Caleb and Kenny in the morning here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb Hatch. Justin Kinney with you coming up this hour. We'll be joined shortly by IHSAA Commissioner Paul Neidig. Talking about the IHSAA moving from Bally Sports to streaming for state finals contests starting this weekend. Also, St. Francis football. What's behind the struggles the last few years? We'll dive into that. What the Bears should do at quarterback in 2024. Justin and I completely disagree. I have a on, diabolical on what, idea. What, what, should, uh, what should happen next for the Chicago Bears? Plus, the Colts offensive coordinator downplaying Jonathan Taylor's lack of involvement in the game plan Sunday. I'm not sure why. And before we leave you, uh, an interaction from Bears and humans closing down part of the Blue Ridge Parkway. We'll get to that before we wrap up about 8.50 or 8.55 or so. 46862 is the text line number 46862. Uh, just type in CK first before your message. Also, don't forget, you can always stream us at 1380thefan.com. Also, on the free 1380thefan app on your phone or on your smart speaker for free as well. Joining us now on the guest line, it is the IHSAA Commissioner Paul Neidig. Paul, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Uh, glad to be with you and your your fan base this morning or your 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 patrons. I also have Chris Kaufman with me, assistant commissioner, who's kind of the brains behind our champions network and originally uh, started it with the concept. And so you have both of us today here at the office. Well, thanks. Thanks to, to both you and Chris for being on. And we want to talk about this story because I, I think it's, it's a big story for the IHSA. This is a big move moving forward and also obviously got a, a lot of reaction on social media. So uh, why was the timing right right now to move from being on Valley Sports. Obviously, they're dealing with their pending bankruptcy, going away from TV and going to a streaming-only platform for state finals contests. 
you know, it. Uh, I don't know that we were in charge of the timing on this one. If we had our choice, we'd still be in the same model that we were last year uh, with the two release points across the Champions Network uh, for all semi-states and state finals and Valley sports. But uh, Valley came to us. Uh, they've been a great partner for, for the high school sports scene in Indiana, one of the unique partnerships across the country, and they came to us with their pending bankruptcy and said that they had to, to move in a different direction. They fulfilled the remaining part of the contract last year, and and we we would love to be able to move forward with Valley Sports. Um, but it just wasn't an option for us uh, moving forward this year. Maybe it'll be back soon or within the next few years. We certainly will... We'll take a look at that if that reappears and gives us an opportunity to do so. Uh, but it just, again, it just was something that um, not where we truly wanted to be this year, but it was just kind of a just the circumstances around their their pending bankruptcy. Guys, I, I know you guys hear it too from from people say, well, just put it on on local television, put it on the affiliates, and that that's easier said than done. But talk about. Those challenges as well. Seemingly, you need two to tango. It can't just be the IHSAA calling up the affiliates and saying, hey, we're putting the state championship games on. So for those people that are saying that, just kind of explain the the machinations of that, the difficulties of making that happen. Yeah, I, I'll take that one a little bit. You know, that does come up from time to time. And there are people in Indianapolis that want TV stations that would like to air it. But the problem is, is that it's very costly. And... Anybody will air it. They, anybody would love to take our stream and air it for free. But the problem is we've got to have somebody. Somehow we, uh, we have to derive income off of it for production. You're not going to notice a difference from television to streaming uh, this year as far as production level. And I might even say last year uh, we're, we're really under the same model that we're at now other than it didn't air on Bally. Um, all of them that aired on Valley last year were on a paywall behind uh, uh, on our Champions Network stream. So this is really not different than that. It's just the only thing that's available this year. Um, and part of it is we have to drive income for, to, for production. It's just the way it is. And there is no single-stop solution to cover the state of Indiana with uh, a broadcast uh, that is terrestrial or linear right now. So... That is our challenge. That's what's out there. And Bally uh, paid a great rights fee for the production of what we do and putting all that on linear that we also put on uh, on our web stream. So that's a little bit of the landscape. And this question would be for either of you. Are, are Is the IHSAA still in negotiations, pursuing linear opportunities as they become available? We'll always listen to opportunities that come forward to us, um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, there's not, since we've announced this last year, there's not been anybody knocking, uh, since we announced it and Valley announced that they were not going to be in this business anymore, there's nobody been knocking down our door here saying, hey, we want to we fill that spot. And, and Chris made a great point. Even with Valley last year, we still had gaps around the state that maybe their cables, their cable provider didn't offer Bally or, or or what have you that didn't have it even available in different parts of the state. And and again, we'll, I don't know that we'll ever, with the television market the way it is now, we'll never walk back into a period of time where there's a single channel that you can go to that covers the entire state of Indiana. Um, 
but we'll, we, we've never shut our doors, and we won't, and we'll continue to look uh, and listen to opportunities because we want our products seen by a wide audience. Uh, that's why we've left the sectional level uh, that's still free to view. Uh, the regional level across the state, the ones that are broadcast, are still free to view uh, currently. And, you know, the only time that we're trying to, to recover the cost of a ticket is at the semi-state or the state finals level right now. Paul, I think this question might be more for you as Paul Neidig uh, and, and Chris Koppen joining us on the guest line talk about the IHSAA and the move to streaming for people who would say I, I don't understand how streaming works or I need some like assistance and trying to you know find how to watch these games on TV you know how easy is it for those fans to, to get access well the, the the easiest access is if you you you, there's multiple places, but the best place to start is go to our IHSA.org website. And if you go to that website, there's a link at the bottom that you can click on our Champions Network, and you can get access immediately to all the broadcast. Um, IHSA.org has been a, our staple uh, as far as our URL for our website for many, many years. But if you are a little savvy, we've put out several communications through social media and other things that we have an app that's available for your phone, that's available for your Roku, that's available for your smart television, that's available for your Apple TV, that's available for your, um, your Fire Stick if you're an Amazon person. So we, we try to make that as broad as we can, but we understand that technologies are, are challenges. Sometimes they're a challenge for me also. You know, it's just the world we live in for, and uh, as a 60-year-old person, sometimes I, I have to chase technology a little bit myself. And But we certainly want to make it as easy as we possibly can. Guys, one of the biggest things that I bring up with, with people is is demand and the demand for something and the amount of people that are demanding it. How, how important is that for all of you guys' decisions? And you guys do a great job with IHSAATV.org. I, I just I don't think people give the IHSAA enough credit for the amount of content that's on there. You could watch uh, a ton of games last weekend, last Friday for free. But how much does demand drive everything? I'm sure if there were tons of people knocking down you guys' door to put this on linear television or, or, or bothering the affiliates to do so, that would happen. Same with in-person events and all that stuff. How much does demand drive the decision-making of the IHSAA? Well, there's no question in this area it, it drives it a lot. I mean, um, you also got to remember television's changing a little bit right now. Um, you know, on-demand television is, is, if it's not here, it's getting close to being here. Uh, a la carte television, if you will. Um, I think ESPN even announced that they're looking in the future, um, you know, making that in a, a uh, direct-to-consumer product and not, uh, through cable and some other things. I mean, there's just, it's changing. There are things that we can't control on that part of it. Um, and you're exactly right. The demand is a big deal because they, they want to see these things. Now, the reason we're here, let's not make any bones about it, the reason we're here is because COVID happened. It happened earlier than what, you know, we had talked about this for years that someday this is what's going to have to happen. We did not expect to be here now by any means. But COVID got us here a lot quicker than what we ever thought. And it also got a lot of broadcasters and people that air the content uh, here sooner. So we had to ramp up what we were doing. Um, 
And then you throw that in with uh, the Bally, actually Sinclair Broadcasting, uh, declaring bankruptcy, and they had to do some reorganization. So um, it put us in a spot where we said, okay, we built this network, we can handle this, but we're going to have to go a certain way to do it. And, you know, last year we did 200 broadcasts. There's no way that we do 200 broadcasts on linear television. There's no TV station that gives us that much time. So it's going to broaden what we can do and how we do it. You're going to see sports broadcasted that um, haven't traditionally been on television. Uh, You know, we did tennis. We've done gymnastics. There's a lot of IHSA sports that will uh, will find its way to our streaming. And, um, And people have liked it. I mean, our feedback has been very positive. Do they want to pay? No, nobody wants to pay. Free is always better. But if we keep it at a reasonable price point and people understand what it is and we deliver them a product that looks like what they had on television, um, we're going to be in a better place. Absolutely. Guys, getting away from that subject a little bit, but when you, how much research and, and attention do you guys look at other states, other organizations you have, whether it's seating sectionals, whether it's everybody making the tournament, whether it's less classes, more classes, how much do you guys watch other states and what other states are doing and what works and doesn't work to, to, to kind of best represent Indiana for any potential changes you make to any sport? Well, I would tell you that we are constantly um, looking, listening, um, watching what other states, talking to other, um, you know, I spend, there's, in the role that I have, there's just, you know, just a few of us in the country that do this work and we talk and we're together constantly. Uh, but, you know, every state has evolved into who they are differently over the years, and Indiana is no exception to that. You know, how you run a state tournament with 700 member schools in your state is different than how you run a tournament like ours, and let's take football, for example. Um, we're one of the few states that everybody that plays in the regular season gets to play in the tournament. Uh, and so with that factor, then we have to look at our tournament a little bit different, and then you have defined number of weeks that you can get in, um, that you can get the tournament in. Um, so, you know, it, it's something that we constantly look at with our office. And But I, I would tell you this, uh, people look at us also uh, in the state of Indiana, and I have conversations with my colleagues constantly about how we do things. And, and I would tell you a lot of folks are um, – take notice of the way we do it in Indiana and, and certainly have tried to replicate some things within their own state. But, but again, every state is certainly unique in, in its own structure. Commissioner Paul Neidig and Assistant Commissioner Chris Kaufman joining us this morning here on Caleb and Kinney in the Morning. Uh, Commissioner, Assistant Commissioner, thanks so much for coming on and, and explaining what's going on with this change. And we look forward to volleyball this weekend and, of course, the high school football state finals coming up in a couple of weeks at Lucas Oil Stadium. Absolutely. Enjoyed the conversation today and uh, have a great show. Appreciate you having us on. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is Paul Neidig, the IHSAA commissioner, and Chris Kaufman, the assistant commissioner with us. And I mean, ultimately, it comes down to, and we talked about this in hour number one, but he, look, I asked about for, for people who may not know how to use streaming, you go to the website, you can get access. It's on pretty much every platform imaginable, it's not limited on platforms you know it's not like oh it's an amazon product so you can't get it through apple or anything like that well Uh, there's a roku app if you have a roku tv which a lot of people do there's amazon you know fire stick app yes 
uh, get the, fire the website. Stick it. Yeah, it's, it's a phone, uh, you know, a phone app like for and, your iPad. And I don't buy the, well, what about the people that don't know how to operate it? Because that's been the thing throughout time. Yes. Okay? What about computers or laptops? What about cell phones? Back in the day when they, we all of a sudden we had VCRs. Oh my gosh. Oh, the old people aren't going to know what to do with a VCR. They figured oh it out. Oh my gosh. Televisions. What's this? Old people can't figure out televisions like that. That's a, it's an excuse that can be used ad nauseum. Like you, you figure it out. Everybody has a kid or a neighbor or whatever that can help them figure it out. Okay. I don't buy that excuse because that's not an excuse exclusive to this instance. It's an exclusive to technology advances throughout time that older demographics have a problem with. The other thing is the price point, you know, is I have absolutely no problem with the price point. $20 for six games. If it's football, for example, as now, a four games for basketball, completely I mean, fair price point. I agree for an all access pass. I just think it's, it's complaining for the, for the sake of complaining. I mean, some people, well, I, I pay as much to get the game as I do watch. Well, so what? That's just the way it is. And then I think the other thing that they touched on is, look, they weren't wanting to be in this position. COVID happened. Right. Bally filed for bankruptcy. And here they are. So they're ahead, you know, probably five, even 10 years of where they thought they'd be just a, a few short years ago. I get that there are a lot of layers to this and, and people will complain for the sake of complaining, like you said. But I think they did the best that they could. Now, they love for it to be on linear TV. I'd love for it to be on linear TV. It's just a matter of making that work. And and that is obviously an ongoing process that they're not going to stop seeking out just because they're trying this. Maybe they try this with this model and it either works really well or maybe it doesn't work well. And then maybe they make changes in the future. We'll see. I think the biggest thing is is you want to watch. I want to watch. We know a lot of people and around the state that want to watch, but in the end, there aren't enough people that are interested in high school sports to move the needle to make something drastic happen. This is what it is because the demand is where it's at, is where it is. If, oh my gosh, I can go to the the, the games with as much money as, as I have to, to, to watch them on TV, well, that's the way it is. If they were 50... 60,000 people going to the state finals games, then you know what? Maybe the price point for the stream wouldn't be as high because they're or making maybe a lot more money. Linear TV because, because there's more people. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like it's just demand. There's not enough demand. There are people out there that care about high school sports for sure. There are also a hell of a lot of people out there that don't. And that's kind of where the situation you're in right now. A couple of texts coming in. Uh, CK people can choose to complain, but those same people will be the ones purchasing the packages to watch the games. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? At the end of the day, you can't bleed money with production. Yeah, production costs are very high. This is the only way the IHSA can make some money back for production purposes. I have no issue purchasing this if I want to see the games. Particularly exactly. with it's really good production and it's really good talent that is doing these games and the graphics and you got to pay everybody and all this stuff, cameras and and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's a lot of money. And you know what? They're not making enough money otherwise to uh, offer this pro bono or uh, because people say, well, you should be able to watch high school sports for free. Why? Why should you? You pay to go to games. Why, why should it be free to watch high school sports? Why, like, Explain that to me. 
is, is it in I, the Constitution I, or something? No, I don't understand. These people I, say like I view the free aspect as it is like in a way like a public good. But it, but, but why? Why? But why is it looked at as part of the public good? Because it's it's high school sports. It's not college then, then why sports. It's then, not pro sports. Well, then shouldn't people be able to go to games for free? I mean, it's for the public good. You have a point. I mean, that's my thing. <laughs> it, 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 so I, I don't understand the people that are like that. So just pay the money. If you want to watch, pay the money. If you don't, then don't. But if there were more people that did want to watch, that did want to go, then there would be more options. But there aren't. There's only, you're lucky to get an any one game for the state finals in football. Lucky to get 10,000 people there. Yeah, well, the, the, the 6A game pro- draws a crowd, and that's about it. But Like, even, the lower bowl is full. Or yeah, close to I full. Mean, yeah, I mean, maybe you're... I still say it's a third of the full, full at max. You maybe get to 20,000 for the big games. But it's, it's, it's between 5 and 20 for the games. It's not getting a lot of people. Okay? So, that's my thing. Just, just shut up, pay the money. In the end, you're supporting high school athletics by buying... The game, buying the stream. Look at it that way. And if you don't want to do that, someone text the NCK. If people don't like it, they could get off their behinds and go to the games in person. Go to the game. Exactly. Make it a day down in Indy. Go to Friday, go Saturday. Yeah. Go to the game. 46862, your text line number. Meanwhile, uh, what we teased before then got off track, uh, St. Francis football. Struggling the last few years. We'll take a look as to why on the other side. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb and Kenny in the morning. You're on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Keep your texts coming in. We'll wrap up. You talk about the IHSAA moving state finals, including volleyball coming up this weekend, football into the month, and boys and girls basketball to streaming only as a, a paid option. Uh, someone texting in at 46862. CK, basic supply and demand. People need to quit being cheapskates. LOL. It's true. I agree. Just pay the money. Someone else, do these high schools make any money off these TV deals like colleges do in their TV deals? That is a great question. No, I don't think they, I mean, it's not buku money, obviously, no. but I, I don't think they do because they're getting money back on ticket sales. Yes. Because this is the thing is, and this is usually if your team's going to a state finals or whatever, you're allotted, the, the school's allotted X amount of tickets that they make money off of because they always say, hey. If you're going to this week's state game, buy your ticket through us because we get a piece of that. Yes. So that's where the money comes from in terms of state championship, in terms of the money going back to the schools. But I don't think they get stream money. Again, the production costs are crazy. I mean, even I I, I don't know the first thing about bandwidth, but you got to imagine you got to pay a significant amount for that. You have to make sure it's not lagging. Oh yeah, locking yeah, up you have if to X amount of people are on there. Make sure your your stuff is upgraded, and that's a lot of money. Here's my my one thing with as far as ticket sales. So, my understanding, and and someone can correct me if I'm wrong on the text line, and I wish we would ask them about this when we had them on. As far as you know, do schools get money on the stream? You know, what's the percentage of ticket sales? But for example, a regular season ticket. At a football game is six dollars. My understanding is a school keeps the majority of that money. Yes, during the regular season. Now yep. I don't know if it's five dollars and the IHSAA gets back a dollar. I don't know if that's true as far as every ticket sold. I know there's some sort of percentage, but 
In the playoffs. In the playoffs, I think it changes. I, I don't even know if do they get that during the regular season. I don't just double A get a piece. I don't think they do. And somebody who knows can clarify it. Now, with the us. the playoffs are different. Playoffs and, are different. IHSAA gets a piece, but I don't think any goes to the IHSAA during the regular season. That's what I'm saying. Like, like athletic departments can bank. You want to support the athlete, your athletic department, your school, you go to games. Buy a ticket. Buy a ticket. That's the biggest thing. It's the easiest way to support. Or, even better, buy the, the season pass. Yes. You can just go anytime you want. But let's say Adam Central gets to state. Let's say uh, Bishop Lewers gets to state. They will have an allotment of tickets to sell at school and during the day and all that stuff. That is the best way to make sure that your team, your school is getting a piece of that money is buying it through the school. But no, I don't think that schools get any money based on the TV deals. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that's ever been the case uh, up to this point. All yeah, right. Yeah, somebody texted, I don't believe the IHSAA gets any piece of the admissions money during the regular season split amongst all each team playing each other. Yeah, so you usually split the gate. And that was a big thing that was prov- that was uh, needed to be solved for Carroll and Homestead to join the SAC in basketball and, and football was that whole issue of splitting gate and um, who got what and from which game and, and all that. So that was a big, uh, big hurdle that the SAC had to get over to admit Carol and Homestead. Another text. I missed the first segment, but is the IHSA going to take advantage of advertisements to make money off their streams? Well, of course there will be ads during the games. Yeah, they always do. Yeah. They've, I mean, it's presented by Indiana farm bureau insurance. So you have a presenting sponsor. Yeah. You have and then plus stuff, you have you have you have ad breaks, you know, quarter, half, end of game. Yeah, it'll be a normal pre-game. broadcast. Yeah, it's a normal broadcast. As so there will be as advertisements during it. As they should. Meanwhile, back here in Fort Wayne, St. Francis, they've struggled in football the last couple of years. So the 2016-2017 NAIA champs, they made the playoffs in 18 and 19. None since. You, you look at though the year since, they went 2-2 two and two in the COVID spring year. In 2021, because remember the 2020 season canceled due to COVID, and then they had the the fall season where they went three and seven, then four and six last year. They're four and four so far this year. They've been improved this year compared to last year, even though they have the same number of wins to this point. They've undergone a lot of changes. It's not just as, as simple as the program falling and and the sky is falling. There's more to it than just that. Yeah, there's a variety of different things. I mean, some people will poke to, poke, point to Kevin Donnelly, and, and the, the architect of this program, right? And a guy that's been around since the inception of the University of St. Francis. I think there's two bigger factors here. There's two big factors here. One is Indiana Wesleyan. And that was the most recent loss for um, the Cougars last week, that 52-21 to 21 loss to Indiana Wesleyan. It was a team that beat... The Cougars, 44 nothing, I think, last year. 41 nothing, 42 something like that. They shut them out. And the development of, at, of Indiana Wesley used to be in, in Indiana, right? Especially the northern half of the state. You had St. Francis. You had Marion down in Indy. That was the NIA, NAIA teams, okay? Football teams playing. And, and Taylor. And Taylor, yes. And now you put Indiana Wesleyan in there. Easily the most financed program at that level in the state and Let alone probably the region right i mean you walk into their locker room and it's like walking into a fcs 
locker room, not an FBS, but SCS locker room. Like it is legit. It has the logo on the ceiling, all that stuff lit. Like it's, it's crazy. And I know St. Francis is trying to raise money now to redo their locker rooms. It's trying to keep up with, with Indiana Wesleyan. Now you've placed a huge, a good school with a good program with very good facilities. If you've never seen the stadium down at Indiana Wesleyan, go down and check it out. It's, it's amazing. And that has been able to take kids away. It has drawn other kids in. It is recruiting wise. It is a a, a devastating development for St. Francis. It, it's phenomenal for Indiana Wesleyan, but it's hurt. Two, the investment or lack thereof in the University of St. Francis in their athletics programs. That has declined considerably as new uh, university presidents have come in. And yeah, they've had several changes at the top. So Dr. Eric Albert Zimmer was president from July of 2020 to March of 2023. And then now they have an interim president, Dr. Lance Ritchie, who has, has come in since then. So they've had several changes already just since the last playoff appearance in 2019. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's been tough. But you look at it as, as when uh, you had a longtime president there. And she supported athletics. She supported all of St. Francis. And, and there was an onus on, we're going to grow our brand through athletics. And they're going to financially invest in that. And that is no longer a top priority at the University of St. Francis. Whether you like it or not, that's reality. And you're seeing the impact of that on the field. For St. Francis, it's not like basketball where you just have to find five, six, seven dudes that can play, right? You need to find a lot of dudes that can play for football. And especially with the level that St. Francis was competing at, going to national championship games, right? Deep runs in the tournament, all that stuff, winning national titles. It was a high level. So any drop off was going to be seen as considerable because of what Coach Donnelly had done with this program previous. So I, I think it's too easy to say, well, do they need somebody else to take over the program? I don't think it's that easy. I think there's multiple factors at play on why St. Francis has dropped to where they are now in terms of the football program. Well, and a lot of people, I mean, it's like you said, it's easy to always point to the coach. That's that's the, the easy thing to do. But you have to look at the administration and, and what has changed around that. You've had two different presidents now since that previous long-term president. Uh, roll through there again, one currently an interim. Uh, you, you look, for example, IU basketball after firing Bobby Knight president at the time was probably not very interested in, in the basketball program being maybe not necessarily being successful. That's not the right way to say it, but didn't want to put up with any more shenanigans within the basketball program. So yeah, you had that one magical year in 2002, but as presidents presidents came and went uh, then you had an athletic director come in and, and basically run the athletics department into the ground, hire a, a coach who was breaking NCAA rules at the time and Kelvin Sampson, uh, that being Rick Greenspan, the, the IUAD for a time. And then they've gone through Fred, Fred Glass, who had to rebuild things back up in the department and did a good job. And then now Scott Dolson, who, after Fred Glass, uh, Glass basically rebuilt seemingly every program except getting it right in, in men's basketball. Uh, now they're trying to get to that next level again. And a lot of it comes down to the people above you, whether it's the AD or the president or the board. It's more complicated than just 
the coach and the record on the field. Sister Elise was at St. Francis for 27 years. She saw the formulation of the, the athletics pro- program in general and the football program in particular and was a huge supporter of St. Francis football. You look at the pictures over the years of them winning championships. Sister Elise is there all the time. And she was dedicated to that entire university, including athletics. I just don't think that that synergy between president and the athletics department and the football program is as strong as it was with Sister Elise. And that is impactful. When you don't have as much money to throw around to kids to get them to come to St. Francis, that hurts. You couple that with the emergence of Indiana Westland, it's like a double whammy, right? And, and, and those, in my opinion, are the two biggest factors in what we're seeing with the football program at St. Francis. And, and I've said this to you before, it wouldn't shock me if Indiana Wesleyan wants to, to be a Division One program in the next, I don't know, 10 or so years. I mean, we're talking FCS. Yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah, FBS. Yeah. I'm not talking FBS, but FCS as far as football move up to that level you know, over the next 10, 15, 20 years. That would not shock me at all. They have good facilities, and I, I think... They want to see football through, and they went all out by adding a football program. They've invested in it, and what once was easy recruiting, as you mentioned, for St. Francis is now being challenged by Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah, and it's, a, if, like I said, a phenomenal field, a phenomenal complex down there at Indiana Wesleyan if you've never been there. So uh, I think the, you know, we talked about supporting high school sports, support St. Francis athletics, particularly that football program because they have a game coming up on Saturday at home against Concordia out of Michigan. So the Cougars trying to get back on the winning track after losing back-to-back games to Marion and Indiana Wesleyan. Again, as you mentioned, Cougs 4-4 four and four overall this season. And St. Francis has invested uh, on their own just this year. New end zone suites Yep, and the video board. The video board. That was added as part of the partnership uh, that they have with Fort Wayne FC. Uh moving their games from Bishop Dwinger Shields Field over to St. Francis and Bishop Darcy Stadium. So they've invested and they're trying to keep up. And as you you talked about locker rooms and trying to keep up there. So they're making some moves, but patience. I, I feel like this year, though, has been a big turnaround, even though they still have the same number of wins currently. This year has been a big turnaround compared to last year. All about that money in college athletics, whether it's Division One, Division Two, or NAIA. All about those that money. Coming up on the other side, what the Bears should do at quarterback in 2024. Justin and I could not disagree more on the route Chicago should take. That's next. <laughs> Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb and Kenny in the morning here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney, and you with us on the text line at 46862. Again, 46862. Just type in CK first your question or comment or whatever you have for us here on a Wednesday. Wow. This week's gone fast. Has I, it? I just, yeah, I, I feel like it has. Well, we still got three more days. They're counting today. Still got three more days to the weekend. It's, grind. I have a busy weekend for work. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this, this week, uh, this week goes slow. Cause I need every minute to prepare for it. So I have, yeah, I have some stuff today, some stuff tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, 
Friday night, Saturday afternoon. See? <laughs> Busy. Yeah, but it's like not... It's nothing like too crazy where it's going to take up too hours nice. and hours of time. It's like an hour and a half, two hours and, each time. And at least every day going into the weekend, it's supposed to get warmer and warmer. Yes, that I'm looking forward to yeah. because we'll take it last weekend... Um, Saturday wasn't bad, but Saturday Sunday was, was okay. And then I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, Saturday I'll, I'll do something. And then I was watching football and then I'm like, well, it's dark out. So I guess not. And then Sunday I thought I'd have a, a chance and it was yeah. raining practically the whole day. It didn't start raining Saturday night. Right. So yes, it was a lost cause. Yep. Couldn't, and then could, couldn't do much Sunday. Sunday was miserable. Great segue. Speaking of lost causes, the Chicago <laughs> Bears. <laughs> Sorry, that was too, too easy. I was too easy. You, uh, you you teed up a grand slam for me right there. But the Chicago Bears making some moves yesterday with the NFL trade trade deadline getting Montez Sweat to add to their pass rush. You suggested this to me earlier in the week, and I thought you were nuts. I probably am. So a lot of people say, well, the Bears should just go after a quarterback and maybe a wide receiver and then obviously have a new head coach with the picks they have. They have the, those two first-round picks and where those stand currently would be uh, pick number two and pick number three. Now, we know Arizona's really bad. We know Carolina's really bad, but Carolina traded away. So uh, it's really down to Chicago and Arizona and how that plays out through the court as far as the Bears, if they're one and two or two and three. But... You suggested, no, continue to bolster other position groups, including the offensive line, add other pieces, and just run it back at quarterback again in 2024. And I know it goes contrary to every single thing I've said about Justin Fields and all that, and I'm not saying all of a sudden that I'm saying Justin Fields is it or Tyson Bajant is it, but I have zero confidence in Caleb Williams being that dude. I've watched enough Caleb Williams just to look, watch him and say, that's Justin Fields. And the same attributes that make Caleb Williams sound so great, the amount of time in the pocket, being able to run around, run away from players, the improvisation, all that stuff was Justin Fields. And we've seen how that has gone. Well, I, I'm going to push back a little bit there because Justin Fields had elite offensive line talent at Ohio State. Yeah. Caleb Williams is buying time for himself because he's constantly under pressure and under attack in the pocket. And that's why he has to improvise all the time is because his line can't pass block plain and simple. And so he's, he's moving around to find openings and try to extend plays often doing too much, which will absolutely not work in the NFL. Justin Fields, meanwhile, had elite offensive line talent, elite wide receiver talent, elite running back talent. All the pieces were there right in front of him. You could say he had better talent in college than he did in the NFL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you could say that. But I think with Caleb Williams, and especially at Notre Dame game and even against Utah, is the inability to, yeah, he can scramble, but he's not running away from guys in the NFL. You're not doing it. Justin Fields thought he could, and in the open field he maybe can, but not not getting out of the pot. My, my big thing is, is the Bears have such a shortfall of talent. Is If you have a couple top picks... I think you maximize the potential of getting back impact players at other positions. You take uh, the offensive tackle from Penn State, potentially. You take Marvin Harrison Jr. If you can trade down, I guess, and get uh, a quarterback in the first round later, 
maybe, but I just, I'm not sold on Caleb Williams. I'm not sold on Drake may uh, people putting Shadur Sanders in the first round are, are uh, just ridiculous. He needs another year. I would say Michael Penix jr. As much as I love the guy, He's got too, too much it. of an injury history. Well, I'm not worried to, about the injury. His everybody gets hurt at some time or another, but I just don't know if I'm. He's also a finished product. Because what is he? 23. Same with Bone. Bo, I, I just I, I look at the top of that draft and I look at the needs for the Chicago Bears and say they could exercise the option on Justin Fields. They have a fifth year option, so they're not paying him a lot of money next year. It'll be more money, but not a ton. Tyson Bajan has done enough, in my opinion, to be a capable backup, and maybe you continue to d- develop him. And best case scenario, he's Brock Purdy. I just, and, and it goes contrarian to everything I've said about about Justin Fields and and moving past him. I just don't like the options at the top. And 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 when it comes down to it, do we really expect the Bears to get it right anyway? No, like that, I mean, and I know you're going to be like, well, you have to try. I get it. Yes, you have to try. Here's the here's the problem with the Bears franchise. They've never had an elite quarterback in franchise history. I would right? say Jim Harbaugh or, or not Jim Harbaugh, uh, Jim McMahon for about three years was an elite quarterback. They have never had like a true franchise quarterback the, for the a best, decade plus. The best yes. that they, they've really had in the last 30 plus years has been Jay Cutler. Right. A, a, a good to at his peak, very good, but never an elite NFL quarterback. No. And now, and, and here's the thing that I don't understand with the Bears because other teams like the Packers got it right back to back with Favre and Rodgers. So, like, I know people want to use weather as an excuse, and the Bears build a new stadium and it's yeah, you know, enclosed. That, no, that's no, it's that's not the reason. I don't buy that. They have so many draft picks, and like you said. Uh, to be fair, I'm not excited about the quarterback prospects you mentioned either. Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. are both on the older side. Uh, there's there's not much more to develop there. They're fully developed products as far as NFL quarterbacks when they come in. Um, and, and to me, they're not first-round picks. At best, they're second-round picks. Um, then beyond that, Drake May, talented player, but... It doesn't make you wonder, like North Carolina always has these super off games every year. They've had oh, it back, back to, to back, back now this year. Like again, talented player. And you could say, well, you know, Josh Downs, for example, plays for the Colts, a rookie. He was there last year. You know, they've lost talent over the years, but they've had some good quarterbacks, but between Drake may and Sam Howell, not been able to get North Carolina over the hump as far as in college. I don't know. It just, it's weird to me. To, to have that level of talent and, and still kind of come up short in areas. And then with Caleb Williams, I mean, his his greatest strength in college, which is extending plays, is going to be his biggest weakness in the NFL. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. And and the fact that we saw when he's panicked, when you're putting pressure on him, when you flush him out of the pocket, he 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 just doesn't look. I, I just He looks too much like Justin Fields at the moment. I, I think with the Bears is... You looked at this year's draft class, and I would rather have Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Anthony Richardson over either of those two quarterbacks that are going to be at the top. That's why I think, yes, the Bears should punt on a quarterback taking next year, just continue to load up on talent. I know you disagree. Eventually, you'd think they'd get it right at quarterback. Well, you think so, too, but I'm not getting any younger. 
<laughs> I'm 41 years old. I'd like to see the Bears win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I can't count 86 because I was four years old and I don't remember it. So I'd like to witness one. I'm running out of time here. Caleb. <laughs> Coming up on the other side, uh, Bears is in the wild animals. They're running out of time before hibernation and Blue Ridge Parkway. Part of it closed after an interaction between a bear and humans. That's next as we wrap it up. Caleb and Kenny in the morning, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Wrapping it up here on Wednesday, Caleb and Kenny in the morning. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kenny, 46862 is the text line. Also, don't forget, if you're a fan of The Fan, we want to hear from you. Text SURVEY to 46862. Fill out our short fan survey. If you fill it out, you'll be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. Again, text SURVEY to 46862. So, Part of the Blue Ridge Parkway was closed after visitors tried to hold a young bear. (laughs) What? This is in Asheville, North Carolina. Like, what are people doing? Uh, The the National Park Service closed part of of the roadway because of multiple documented reports of visitors feeding and trying to hold a young bear at Lane Pinnacle Overlook in recent weeks. So they had to to close um, part of the Blue Ridge Parkway. They also had to, to close a visitor center in that area. Uh, again, critical time for bears uh, because, again, about to go into hibernation. When when people intentionally attract bears with trash and food, it can lead to very dangerous situations. That from uh, National Park Service officials. Uh, this is wild. So bears likely be awake and foraging for food up to 20 hours per day in search of 20,000 calories they need to eat each day. Um, Sounds like me with Halloween candy last yeah, night. Yeah, that was me too. <laughs> uh, so again, keep food double bagged, out of sight while hiking, enjoying the outdoors, pack out food scraps and trash. Here's the thing, like uh, it's a young bear, so mama bear could be nearby. And if you're messing with it, her cub, you're going to get messed up. Yes. Do not do that. I, I, my, my brother sees it all the time. He works out in Rocky Mountain National Park Volunteers. With uh, with the elk this time of year, like people get so close to elk and no, they're dangerous, stupid. People are just so stupid. It happens in Yellowstone all the time with the animals. Like, how dumb are you, people? They're wild animals for a reason. Let Stay leave away. them be. They'll leave you be if you leave them. Yes, be. idiots. Thanks to IHSA Commissioner Paul Neidig and Assistant Commissioner Chris Kaufman for joining us. For Justin Kinney, I am Caleb Hatch. Dan Patrick Show up next. The herd with Colin Coward at noon. Indiana Sports Beat with Jim Coyle from 3 to 4 and the Sports Rush from 4 to 6 with Brett Rump. Another chance to win IU football tickets for this weekend against Wisconsin. That's all today here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.